Hey, thanks for checking out this message from LifeGate Church. We hope that God uses this message to encourage you and to help you live in the freedom and purpose that Jesus has for your life. That was cool, hey? Cool. From one little seed you get that that are cool plant and those are cool trees. Why am I speaking about oranges on Vision Sunday? Well, friends, just like Jesus said, the kingdom of God's like a mustard seed, or the kingdom of God's like a farmer who plants seeds, or the kingdom of God is like someone who goes to find fine pearls. I want to tell you today, the kingdom of God's like an orange. Now, when I talk about the kingdom of God, I'm talking about people who are people of God, Christians who are living out their faith in God on earth. That's what the kingdom of God is. When people, God's people, live out their faith on earth, we have a picture of the kingdom. Three ways the orange is like a, like a picture of the kingdom of God. Number one is that when Christians live out their faith, it is beautiful to look at. When you see it in action, you go, wow, that is just beautiful. And it's like looking at a really ripe orange. This is the orange side. This one's a little bit green on the edge, but you get a perfectly orange orange. Yeah, wow, that just looks great. The second reason the orange is like the kingdom of God is because when people as Christians live out their faith, when you're on the other side of it, when you experience it, when you taste it, it's some of the best taste on earth. And when you buy an orange, it's some of the best taste on earth. Third way, the kingdom of God is like an orange. is because of the potential that's in the orange, the same as the potential in the kingdom of God. See, when you commit your life to Jesus, and I put that seed in a special place, which, which pocket did I? There it is, that pocket. When you commit your life to Jesus... The kingdom of God, like a seed, is put in you. And that seed is supposed to grow. Now, notice in the TikTok video, he just didn't get the seed and go, Andrew, catch, I need, I need it again. Dangerous, I know. He just didn't throw it outside and hope it landed on its soil and it would grow. No, he took it. He got the paper and the cinnamon. You notice that, everyone? People are taking notes. Cinnamon and then water. Covered it up. Warm place. Watered it the glass on top, then put it in dirt when it had the roots. It was nurtured. It was cared for. And we as believers who receive the kingdom of God need to grow in that. But who helps us grow are those around us. People who are more mature in the Lord, disciples of Jesus, and they train us and they teach us and they pray with us and they love us and they encourage us and we grow to be a tree. And when we grow to be a tree, we produce fruit. And we offer the fruit to the world and the people take our fruit and taste it and experience for themselves. And they get that seed. Here we go. No, I can't see it. Here it is. And the seed of the kingdom of God gets planted. Ah, I should have done that. Hey, like, ah. It gets planted. It gets planted in them. And that kingdom of God grows and the people around them encourage them and speak life into them and teach them how to read the word and take them through foundations and pray with them. And that person grows and a tree grows within them. And guess what they produce? Fruit. And they offer the fruits of the world and people take their fruit and they eat the seed of the kingdom of God and they commit their life to Jesus and it starts to grow. And people gather around them and they learn to pray and read the word and it grows and they produce fruit. And people eat their fruit and the seed grows. And they produce fruit and people eat their fruit. The multiplication of the kingdom of God. 
Jesus tells the story, the kingdom of heaven is like, the kingdom of God is like a farmer who scattered seed. And he talks about how the seed landed on four different types of soils. And he celebrates the last soil where the seed gets put in and produces a crop 30, 60, 100 times that which was sown. It multiplied. And then Jesus says, let me tell you the meaning. And the meaning is the soil are different types of people. And the seed is the word of God. And the seed lands in different type of people. And people respond in different ways. But the people who are celebrated, who received the word of God, and that seed grows, produces a tree, and then produces a crop 30, 60, 100 times that which was sown. What God has given you isn't just for you. He loves you. He's fighting for you. He is for you. But He's given it to you so that you would offer it to the world around you, your gifts, your passions, your talents, what He's putting you to offer them to those around you. And others will eat from you. They will eat your fruit. They will take what you're offering And let's believe they'll accept Jesus for themselves. And we have the opportunity to get alongside them and counsel them and love them and serve them and grow so they can grow into a tree that produces fruit, that others may partake from them. This year our themes multiply. And we're going to talk a lot about the why, the how, the what, all that sort of stuff this year. But I'm going to invite you today to say yes to me, to go on a journey with me, of understanding this, but also changing our mindsets. Now, sometimes in Australia, where we're not seeing heaps of church growth, we can think to ourselves, you know what, God isn't, maybe God's not doing it here, or maybe God's doing it over there, but not here. But I'm going to tell you some stats later about what God has done over the last 2,000 years. It's extraordinary. It's mind-blowing. God is growing His church. God is increasing His church. God is multiplying His church across the world. And my invitation to you is for you to start to believe it. Because if you start to believe it, you'll start to live like He's growing your church. You'll look for opportunities. You'll be deliberate to disciple. We'll train leaders to carry more. We will plant churches knowing His kingdom is coming. Will you go on with this journey with me this year? Of multiply. Let's stand together. Annabelle's going to lead us. Thank you, Annabelle. There is no one like you. Holy, there is no one like you. There is none beside you. Open up my eyes in wonder. Show me who you are and fill me with your heart and lead me in your love to those. 
Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come and your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come in my life, Father. And may your will be done in my life, Father. Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come in the lives of those around me, my family, my friends, those in the workplace, in school, in the universities, those around me. And may your will be done in their lives, we pray, God, that your kingdom may come and expand in greater measure and increase and grow and multiply. Father, give us faith to believe what you're doing. Give us eyes to see what you're doing. Give us a mindset with an expectation of increase that we may live our lives believing and knowing that you are growing your church. And so, Father, we now pray multiply across LifeGate Church in the number of people that come, in the number of souls to be saved, in the number of healings that we multiply, in the deliverance that we multiply, in the captives that are in bondage, they'll be get free. There'll be greater freedom and freedom will be multiplied. The people will use their gifts and that will be multiplied. We'll have an increase in finance and our increase in our finance will be multiplied. In our life groups, they'll be multiplied. Our love for one another will be multiplied. Our support and our care and our follow-up will be multiplied. Our youth ministry will multiply. Our children's ministry, our young adults, our adults, every stage across this church, God, will multiply in Jesus' name. May your name be exalted in this church, God. May your kingdom come and may your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us today our daily bread. Forgive us for our wrongdoing as we've forgiven those who have hurt us. Lead us not into temptation, God. Deliver us from the evil one. For yours is the kingdom, the power, and all the glory. And everyone said together, amen. Amen. Hey, grab a seat. Bless you. And welcome to Vision Sunday. Hey, each year um, at Vision Sunday, we uh, take time to celebrate some people who have been a blessing in this church, but also in the kingdom. And in our nine o'clock service, we celebrated Kim Baltowski for all that she's doing in prayer ministry. It was beautiful. It's incredible. And in this service, we're going to celebrate Pete and Josie and Belinda, if she's here. Is Belinda here? She's not here. Do you guys want to come up, and come up the front? Let me, and now if, 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 if you don't know Peter and Josie, here's a, here's a gift. This might be a bit, I know, confronting the way. Come up here. Let me, um, let me tell you about these guys. I'm sure they can tell you about themselves better than I could, but um, they set up a, an organization called Creating Safe Communities. And these guys are on the very, very, very front line of the worst places in the church. Um, they're... Their business is creating, has, they have designed it in order, you know all that safe church stuff that we have to do? It came from him. So you can blame him. Actually, don't blame him. Let's thank him because of what he's done in cre- helping us create safe environments. But it's not just this church. He does it for the ACC. He does it for the Anglicans and the Catholics in many parts of this nation. Um, what Peter and Josie do is they not only train, but when someone is abused or there is a case of abuse, do you know who they call? These guys. And these guys help with the, going through the process of how do we deal with this, but also caring for the victims of abuse. And I just think that is extraordinary. And that, just imagine how difficult that would be to hear stories of that every day. Praise God, it's not me. 
Um, I really mean that. I don't mean that in a bad way. Like, what you carry is exceptional, and God has graced you for this. And today, we as a church want to celebrate you and thank you for what you're doing here, but also across the church as um, pioneers in Safe Church, as people who are creating. So when people abuse, it has a multiplication effect. It affects the person. It affects their families. It can affect their marriages. It can affect how they raise their kids. It can affect, it can affect, it can affect. But these guys are multiplying healing. So when people are affected and they come to these guys and you bring healing and some sort of like realignment, it actually has a multiplication effect in the lives of others too. So we want to celebrate you today. I'm here to praise God for you. Let's pray for them. Can we thank them? Yeah, amazing. Father, I want to say thank you for Peter, Peter and Josie and Belinda and the team. Father, I want to thank you for Reuben as well. And I don't know all the names of the people in the team, but Father, bless them. Father, thank you for what you've called them to, this incredible ministry across your church. And God, I pray that you would give them energy, that you would give them grace and peace. That God, as they, feel, as they hear pain, they'll hand the pain to you and they'll be agents of grace and forgiveness and empowering people to be all that you want them to be. In Jesus' name, amen. Oh, I'll take this for Belinda too. You can give it for her. God bless you, JC. God bless you, Peter. It's really wonderful what they do. Really, really wonderful. Praise God for you guys. Amen. Amazing. It's really incredible work they do. Radically, lives are transformed. Hey, let's um, turn our eyes to the screen. Can we thank the worship team too? So good. And you guys in the back, Keandre and Jackson and Luke and Stephen and um, Matt as well. Hey, let's turn your eyes to the screen. Check out what's happening in life this week. Alrighty, let's come back together. I want to welcome those online. Thanks for joining us today. It's great. Awesome. Hey, we want to um, tell you three things about what's happening this year. Thank you, Joel. You're done, mate. Great job this morning. Thanks, buddy. Good job. Um, three things for Vision Sunday. We tell you what's new. The first thing is around our building. I've talked about this for the last nine years, I know, but this is the year. We were, we were waiting for the, the uh, zoning to come through on this building. It's happened. It's through. We have authority over our Preston's building. So this is the year we're going to do something with this building. So on the 20th of February, um, which is Vision Night, which is in about 10 days' time, not this Tuesday, the following Tuesday, we have Craig Farmer coming. Craig's a church consultant, been a pastor, and works with not the, not, not, blah, 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 lots of not-for-profits. Uh, he's one of my friends. He's a great guy, um, and he loves us and our church. So we've asked him to take our church on a journey of what do we do? Because this building thing is huge. This is a 50-year decision. Like when we do this, we're not moving again for 50 years. And I'm 46, so I'm probably not going to see the next building sale, right? <laughs> Hannah, many, you will be there, I'm sure, at the age of 71. I'm sure you'll be there. This is a, this is a generational thing. So this isn't about, so I, I want to make it clear that this is not about me. And I just don't want to make the decision. I want us to make the decision together. So Andrew's currently leading up a team to do research around what's happening in the other churches. Um, what are other churches doing? Because we don't want to buy a building where it's just Sunday. We want a building that's Monday to Friday, Saturday and Sunday use. So lots of churches do like play gyms, cafes, music lessons, dance groups, 
write the list. So Andrew's researching what's out there. We're talking to council around what are the needs in our council, Canterbury-Bankstown, but also Liverpool Council, because we're not sure where to put this building. It could be over there, it could be here. But, um, you know, whatever. We're going to have a conversation. And so please be part of that night. Craig's going to be communicating the process we go through so that we can um, hear, we can pray, we can seek after God, and together we'll be unified around what, what we're going to do. Does that sound okay? Yeah. That's number one. Number two is something I'm excited about, and, and we're calling it Thrive. When I, God gave me this, this idea of multiplication, I was thinking, how do we, how do we multiply well? What would be the best way for us as a, as a church, but also kingdom of God, to multiply well? which got me thinking around this age group of 16 to 30-year-olds. The 16 to 30-year-olds is a time in your life where you have the most stuff going on. Lots of people commit their life to Jesus in that or make decisions to, like they made a decision when they were younger, but this is the time they're like, actually, I'm going to live my life for God. It's also the time where we lose lots of our youth and young, particularly young adults as they go to university. So if we can build into that age group and create strong followers of Jesus, that's going to impact their, their lives, but also the people in their circle of influence for the rest of their days. So here's the vision. What if we committed to mentor every 16 to 30-year-old in our church for that 15-year period? Now, they're going to have different mentors throughout that time. If they want to learn about um, speaking encouragement, they sit down with Dave. If they want to learn about teaching, sit with Mark. If you want to learn about singing, sit with Hannah. If you want to, um, I don't know, if you want to go d- deeper in prayer, sit with Margaret. If you're hungry around the word of God, go with Pari. And, and so if you're in that 16 to 30 age group, you'll have multiple mentors over those 15 years. But the idea is that you have a big brother in the faith who can hold you accountable, who you can have the conversations with around, who should I marry? I'm thinking about this person. What do you think? <gasps> Imagine. And they can say, how are you going with your walk with Jesus? What are you reading in the Bible? What are you struggling with? How can I help you? How can I support you? So here's the dream. What if we mentored every, we offered, because they may not want it. What if we offered every 16 to 13-year-old a mentor for that 15-year period, multiple mentors, to get them through that most difficult stage of life to help them thrive and multiply? That's the vision. Now, Christy's going to run this. And we're going to start up with a pilot group, with a small group, and we're going to create resource and all the stuff that's needed to make that work. So if you're, if you're a 16 to 30-year-old and go, wow, I, I really want that, talk to Christy and you'll be in the pilot program. But if you're older than 30, guess what? We need you. We can't do it without you. You've got something to offer. You do. And it's all different. It's all different. You're all different stages of life. And when you work with your younger person, young person, Bring what you offer to them for that season, and then you can hand them on to the next person. There's the second thing. Third thing, Andrew Christie. Are we on? There we go. Morning, church. Uh, Really excited to share with you today about uh, what Christy and I and our family have been praying about, what we're considering for this year. Um, so I want to talk about Southwest Sydney and uh, why we're, we're feeling like not only individually but as a church, that's where we should plant a new church. So firstly, I just want to start, why plant? 
Firstly, because we want to see more people live in freedom and purpose. That's our vision as a church, and we want to see more people uh, living in freedom and purpose because that's what God wants for their life. Uh, Secondly, because we, as God's people, as God's church, are called to be on mission. That's our greatest commandment, to go and make disciples of all nations, teaching them to follow uh, what God has given to us and making disciples, baptizing them. And the third thing is because God wants to see his church grow. Not just LifeGate Church, but his church globally. He wants to see his church grow. He wants to see more people uh, living out the plans and purposes that he has for their life here on earth. So uh, the other thing I want to share is that um, in 2017, God gave our church a vision to see seven LifeGate centres to plant more churches, and so that's what we're wanting to be faithful with the vision that God's given us as a church. The other thing is that as Sydney goes west, God's church has a responsibility to go with them. And so a lot of people are moving out to this area, particularly young people, young families, because as the cost of living goes up, people can't afford to live in the centre of Sydney anymore, and so they're going out west. And so one of the areas we're looking at is around the Leppington area. Here's just to give you a bit of an indication of that. We've done a lot of research and demographics. So Leppington as itself is only a small suburb. It's uh, quite flat and undeveloped, a lot of bushland. Currently there's 4,000 people living in it. Over the next 15 years that's projected to grow to 27,000 people just in that one suburb. And so, why Southwest? Why that area? Why the Leppington kind of area? Number one, there's young families that are moving into that area to raise their kids. Uh, secondly, because it's a massive growth area, not only for development, but also in terms of the population growth that's forecasted for that. Uh, and thirdly, because as more people move there, we need more churches reaching those people with the gospel, helping them to see their lives transformed. And so that's a little bit of the why. Uh, Christy's going to talk us through kind of what's next and what we'd love for you to consider. We are so excited about this opportunity. And these are some of the next steps. We, Andrew and I, are going through a church planting training course. So we're being mentored and we've got a cohort that we're planning and dreaming and getting excited with um, that's part of a larger movement of churches that have got this passion to see the church grow. So we're doing that and we're really excited for that process We are calling people in the area of Southwest Sydney, and the reason we're doing that is because over the last few years, we've had about 70 people come through the doors of LifeGate that live in the Southwest region of Sydney, and there's not that many churches there because it's a new area, and so they haven't been able to stay at LifeGate because the distance is quite far. So as we go and as we look at planting there, there's actually already so much potential for people that may already be keen to be part of it. So we're going to be contacting them and inviting them to go on the journey with us. We're gathering a core team, Um, so we're starting this this month, and when we're going to launch house parties and invite people to come on the journey with with us. House parties are an opportunity to gather once a month. We're going to share vision. We're going to get excited for what God's doing, and as we grow, as we invite, we're going to build and build and build every month, and then we're going to launch services in October 2024 of this year. We're so excited to multiply, to plant, to be on mission for Jesus, and to see his kingdom grow. 
We are wanting you to be involved in this process. So these are three ways you can do it. We would love for you to come to Vision Night on February 20th, as Nathan's already shared about. Such an important night. You're going to hear more from us about where we're going and how we're doing it. We would love for you to pray for God's leading. We want God to show us where to go. We want his uh, blessing and also to see, hey, what could we do out there? What could Jesus do? What's the Holy Spirit already doing in Southwest Sydney? Because we believe God is everywhere, hey? So we want to partner with what God's already doing to see more people come to know Jesus. And the third thing is we want you to consider joining our team. If you have a heart for Southwest Sydney, if you have a heart for seeing God's kingdom grow, we want to talk to you please come and and chat with us. We would love to have a further conversation. So that's just a little bit. We're going to talk more about it on Vision Sunday. Thanks so much. We're going to pray for you guys. Just pray. Margaret, will you pray? Can you pray, please? We need to be praying as a church community, yeah? Not just these guys. And if you're not going to be part of it, let's be praying for it. Margaret, you lead us. Lord God, we lift up Andrew and Chrissy to you. We thank you, God, that you have a good plan for them. And we pray, Lord God, that you will lead the way forward for them. That you will open doors that need to be opened. You'll keep doors shut that needs to stay shut. Heavenly Father, Lord, we pray your blessing over this plant. We know, God, that it's not by accident, it's not by mistake. But this is coming from you, Lord God. And we praise you for that, God. And we thank you, Lord, and believe that you're going to do a mighty work. I believe it. God is going to do a mighty work through the two of you. In Jesus' name. And this is just the beginning. And we thank you for it, Lord God. And we lift up Andrew and Christy and everything, Lord, you've put in their hands. And we pray, God, that you'll bring the people around them that they need, that are going to be the team that you're going to use, that your name will be glorified. And many souls will be saved because of this venture. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Beautiful. Thank you, Margaret. Thank you, Andrew. Thank you, Christy. I love that. Amen. Amen. Where's the clicker going? Where, have I got that? You got it. Thanks, Christy. Excellent. Well, I just want to share a few more thoughts with you going on this track of multiply. Orange? Good man. Our vision of a church, as Andrew mentioned, is to see people live in the freedom and purpose that Jesus has for our lives. That's our vision. And every year we focus on different elements of that, and this year our theme is around multiply. Last year our theme was... And you guys really dived into that. It was really beautiful. And on the last Sunday of last year, we had all these wonderful testimonies. We were incredible. And Michelle, you put them on Facebook for, for all of us to see. And, and, and we really leaned into faithful. And, my, and I ask you this year to really lean into this, this idea of multiply as we talk about more around the how, the what, the when, the why, all that. I, I, I encourage you to lean into that. Last year, towards the end of last year, I was praying about this year, and I said, God, what is the theme for this year? And, and I sensed the word multiply. I went, oh, that's interesting, multiply. So I started thinking, and I went, faithfulness leads to fruitfulness, which is similar to multiply. That's, sort of, that's a good next step, isn't it? If we're faithful, it's going to lead to multiplication. But then I went to myself, oh, but multiplication is not much of a biblical word. You don't see many times multiply. The Bible talks about fruitfulness a lot, and there's lots of that concepts. So I went, maybe we should change the name from multiply to fruitful. And then at the end of last year, my mate Mike, who is a pastor from another church, was sitting in church, and at the end came for prayer, and I asked him to pray for me. And he prayed, God, I pray that you'll multiply Nathan's influence and that you'll multiply what's going on in this church. And I went, okay, God, we're going to go with multiply, not 
not fruitful. So that's our theme for this year around multiply. And as I started to dream it and think about it, I went to the scriptures and we see God continuing to increase and continuing to multiply what he's done throughout, throughout history. It starts in Genesis where God says, be fruitful, <laughs> increase and multiply. It's about children. But there's this expansion of God's influence across the earth. But one of the things I, I started thinking around, around multiply is, what's the difference between adding, 1 plus 1 equals 2, and multiplying? The Bible talks, particularly in the book of Acts, how people were added to the church. Yeah, added. But how's that different to multiplying? And as I thought about this, I landed on this idea of it's actually about investment. Multiplying is around investing. Let me, let me give you a really basic example. Let's say you have $100 and your dream is to save for the future. And over a 20-year period, you're going to get $6 every year and put it in that bank account with no interest. And after the first year, you'll have 106 After two years, 112 118 After 20 years, you're going to have $220. That's adding. Right? Investing's like this. You get your $100 and you invest it maybe in a bank account at 6% interest or a managed fund at 6% interest, and you don't add any more money, but you just let it sit there and, and it compounds. So at the end of the first year, you'll have $106. At the end of the second year, you'll have $112.36. I did a calculator, so I know that. And then it builds up every year. You'll end up with $320 by not adding any more, simply by investing that 100 But what if you had your 100 and every year you gave another six, but you also invested it at 6% interest. You give another six every year and you invested, you ended up at $520. The difference between adding and multiplying is this idea of investment. And you might think, well, 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 well how does that relate to the kingdom of God? Michelle, can you bring them up? It, it relates like this. It, it, it relates to decisions for Jesus, thank you, mate, compared to... Disciples of Jesus. Adding, adding is adding people to God's church. Adding is getting decisions where someone says, yeah, I want to follow Jesus. That's adding, and the Bible talks about it, and adding is good, and we want to celebrate people added to the church. But if they stay as decisions, that's not where they're supposed to be. They need to grow to become a Disciple. And what's a disciple? People who learn the ways of Jesus and then put them into practice. Disciples grow to become more and more like God, more and more like Jesus. They grow in their understanding of him. They learn to pray. They're trained. They're equipped. They learn to feed themselves. They learn to give their gifts and bless other people. And these people who are disciples reproduce fruit. Parable of the sower, 30, 60, 100 times that which was sown. What's the difference? You add people one at a time. You hear, you multiply. Why is this, why is this around discipleship, around multiplying? Because it's around investing. When you invest in your life, the things of God, learn how to pray, equipping, leading, you then produce fruit. And then you offer your fruit to those around you. And those people take a taste of the kingdom of God. And hopefully, that seed of the kingdom gets planted in their life and they make a decision for Jesus. 
They don't stay there. They then learn and grow and pray, and they become a disciple of Jesus who grows and feeds themselves and produces fruit. People taste, eat of their fruit, and the seed gets planted in another life, and they become a, they become a decision. And then over time, they learn to pray and get equipped and trained and read the word from themselves. They become a disciple, and guess what they produce? produce fruit and they offer their fruit to the world and people get the seed and it gets and it goes round and around and around in circles. Decisions. People who make decisions for Jesus, they're reliant upon others to feed them. They're reliant upon others to pray with them. They're reliant upon others. Disciples start out reliant, but eventually they become mature and they feed themselves. They pray themselves. They worship themselves. They grow. They don't worship themselves. You know what I mean by that? They worship on their own. They don't, they don't need others around them. That's what I meant. And they produce fruit. And they, and they help others to eat who make decisions and grow. In that, in that video, that TikTok video of the seed again, he just didn't get the seed and throw it and hope it grows. No, he, he nurtured. He nurtured that seed. And that's what disciples do. They get people who make decisions and they don't say, great, have a nice life, see ya. They get alongside them and they care for them and support them and train them and equip them and they move from decision to disciple. And once they, as they grow to mature, they start to produce fruit. And people eat all their fruit, people receive it, and we're back to decision again. Friends, this is the, what happens that when we invest in people's lives, they grow to maturity. They offer, they, people commit their life to Jesus and we invest again. It's the multiplication effect in the kingdom of God. Let's say a pastor, he's working in a church for 20 years and during that time, he leads 10 people to Jesus and he has 10 people who make a decision for Jesus. But they stay in this place of decision. They only read the Bible when the pastor opens it on a Sunday. They only sing when they get to know the songs. They only pray when the pastor's there. And then one day the pastor leaves or the pastor dies and they go, well, now what are we going to do? But what if that pastor got those decisions and taught them how to read the word and taught them to pray and taught them to lead and taught them to invest in others? They become disciples who produce fruit and people eat of their fruit. And let's say that each one of those 10 led 10 people to Jesus over their lifetime. And they didn't say, congratulations, see you later. No, they got alongside them. And they invited them into church community because this discipleship thing, you're not on your own in this. You're not expected to get someone from zero all the way to maturity. No, you bring them into a church community and we do it together. What if they got that person and brought them into a community and nurtured them and cared for them? And if every 10 did 10, we're at 100. And what if those, that 100 went and found 10 decisions and made them disciples. And those bear fruit of 10. We go from 100 to 1,000. It happens again. We get 10,000, then 100,000, then a million. This is the multiplication factor of the kingdom of God. It's not just about adding. It's about investing, which creates multiplication. Now, as I was thinking about this idea of multiplication, I was thinking about what percentage growth has God's church had over the last 2,000 years? Hmm. So let's say there was 120 on the day of Pentecost. And today they say there's about 2 billion people who follow Jesus across the globe. 
Over 2,000 years, how do you work that out? Well, I went to the internet, of course, and I, and I googled compound interest calculator, and I put the numbers in. And guess what the number of growth is year-on-year year compound growth? 83% growth. 83% growth year-on-year-on-year-on-year. On year on year on year. Now, let me just put this in context, make it really simple for you. If you had that $100 and you invested it in the bank at 83%, come on, everyone loved that, wouldn't they? Yeah, we're out. Wouldn't be good for inflation, so maybe we don't want that. Whatever. You invest $100 at 83% for 10 years, compound growth, your $100 turns into $44,481. In other words, it's extraordinary growth. God has grown his church extraordinarily. That's a big word. For the last 2,000 years. It's staggering growth. 86%, 83%, 86%, 83%, year on year on year on year. That is extraordinary. And friends, God is growing his church. He hasn't stopped now because it's 2,000 years later. No, it's continuing to grow. Martin was speaking to me about what's happening in Iran and how revival is breaking out in Iran. Wow. And we've seen it in China and all around the world. And God is doing it here in Australia and he's doing it here in LifeGate Church. God's desire is this church increases, is that it grows and this church multiplies, that God's kingdom would increase and expand across this world so that when Jesus comes back, he comes back for his bride, a people of all nations, of all languages, of all tribes would stand before him one day and worship him. I want to challenge you as we come closer to the end of this day around your mindset. What, what mindset do you have towards church growth? Because if you've been in churches where the church hasn't grown much or you haven't seen it or you're not seeing it much in Australia, you can think, well, maybe God's, God's not doing that anymore or God's doing it there but not here. But we need to get a, a biblical mindset, a God kingdom mindset that God is growing his church at 83% per year increase. That is huge increase, huge that's what he's done. That's his desire. And we need to start to think that way, that God is growing, that God will grow this church, and we need to be ready for what he wants to do. Because when you start to think that way, it changes your behavior. Let me give you some of the behavior. When you start to believe that God is increasing, that God is multiplying, this is what you do. You start to, you start to look for the next person to share your faith with, with an expectation they're going to respond. Because God's growing his church He's getting people to respond to him, and he uses his church to present the message of Jesus. So it's like, okay, God, who is it today? Who have you got ready for me to present this message to, to plant the seeds in? We get deliberate about taking people through foundations because we don't want to leave them as decisions. We want to take them to disciples, and the foundations is our our discipleship strategy. We pray with expectation that God is going to grow. We develop leaders. Why do we develop? Because leaders care mentor and we develop more leaders so that we can hold more. If we're thinking our church is not going to grow or going to go backwards, why develop leaders? We develop leaders because we're thinking increase. We need more leaders to care for. We release people to take on responsibility. As we get older, we step out of the way and let the younger ones do it. Michelle said something beautiful to me this week and she regularly says beautiful things to me because she's my wife and it's easy to say beautiful things about me. Amen. But, but one of the things she said, that was too loud. Um, 
One of the things she said is, Nathan, when you have a, a younger person ready to take over my worship leading spot, let him go. Let him go. Now, Michelle, you're a great worship leader. I love what you do. But she recognizes that if we, as we get older, we, we as we get older, in our 40s, 30s, spring chickens, we need to be empowering the next generations. And we, and we need to step aside and go, Annabelle Riley, you're amazing. Get the pom-poms out. Encourage, support, mentor, develop, release. That's thinking generationally. We plan for the future of the church with growth in mind. So when we're thinking buildings, we're not just thinking about our congregation. We're thinking about the growth of what God's going to do in his church in the next building. And why are we thinking about church planting? If God's not growing his church, what's the point? But if God wants to increase and multiply, we need to think church planting. And this is going to be a church that plants churches, not just plant plant church stops, but a church plant that plants more churches. We need a mindset, a biblical mindset, where God is growing his church. He's expect- you got my seed? Thank you. God's expecting, God's expecting his church to grow, and we need to expect it too. We need a mindset of that. You know, I, I told you about the seed and the orange And I told you that in every orange, there's the potential of producing 4,000 oranges. Next generation. If you get those 4,000 oranges, and every single one of them has six to eight seeds, so six to eight trees, 600 oranges per tree, you know how many many it ends up being? 19 million. (laughs) From this one orange, take the seeds plant the trees, take those seeds, plant the trees, 19 million oranges, the multiplication effect. Catch again. Last story. On the night of April 9, 1906, there was a man named William Seymour in Los Angeles. William Seymour. Do you you know who this is? No. Yes, it is, it is. Very good, you guys. William Seymour and seven men were praying. And the Holy Spirit came upon them in power. Boom. All these incredible things happened. People heard about it. People came from everywhere, all everywhere, to get a glimpse, to get a touch from God in this place. It was known as the Azusa Street Revival. And people talk about it was one of the main moments where the Pentecostal church spread throughout the world. Amazing moment of God, what he did. One of the men who was at that revival with a guy named Ludwig Graf. And in 1922, this guy was so impacted by what happened in Azusa Street, went to Germany to preach the gospel there. He had a Mercedes car and he drove around Germany's Mercedes, stopping in town saying to them, is there anybody here who is sick? I'm going to pray that Jesus is going to heal them. And one day he went to this small town and he and he found the baker and the baker and he said to the baker is there anybody in this town who is sick I'm going to pray and Jesus is going to heal him and he goes yes the main man of the town named August go to his house and pray for him August had a wife named Marie and August had severe gout where he was in pain all the time cried out night and day in his pain Louis Graf prayed for August and he was instantly healed And on that day, August and Mary committed their life to Jesus. 
they had a kid named Herman. He's their kid, Herman, and his wife. And her name was Meta. And Herman and August led his son Herman to the Lord. And Herman led people in his community to Jesus, and he started a church. Him and his wife started a church, and he faithfully pastored his church. And he had a bunch of kids. And guess who one of his kids was? Right, I'm monkey. This is multiplication. This is investing. From the Azusa Street Revival, one guy goes out, passionate about God to Germany, prays for the sick, preaches the gospel. Bonky's grandparents get saved. Through that, his dad gets saved, and eventually Bonky gets saved, and Bonky goes to Africa, and through Christ for our nation, 70 million people commit their life to Jesus. This is a multiplication effect. When someone who is passionate about Jesus takes what they have and bears fruit, and people partake of that fruit, and the seed of the kingdom is planted in their life, and they make a decision for Jesus... And we love them and we disciple them and they grow and they become a disciple who bears fruit. And they offer the fruit and people partake of the fruit and people make a decision to follow Jesus. And we love them and care for them and grow them and they become a disciple and they bear fruit. This is the multiplication factor. God has blessed you. God has called you. God has saved you because he loves you. But it's not only about you. He's called you to be a light in the darkness. He's filled you with his spirit to empower you to, be, to preach the message of Jesus to the world. Not just to make decisions, but to love people, care for people, serve people, train people, equip people, that they may become disciples who will bear fruit. Generation after generation, we need a mindset where we believe God. God, I believe you're going to increase. God, I believe you're going to multiply. I'm here to serve you. Here I am, God. Use me. This year, we're going to sing. Come on, band. This year, I invite you to come on this journey with me. At this whole mindset shift of increase and multiply, looking at what's in our hands and how do I help those new to the faith grow? What can I offer them? How do I support them? How do I encourage them? What fruit am I offering to the world? Who am I investing in to know Jesus? So they become decisions and train them to be disciples and they bear fruit. We're going to go on a really cool journey. Let's see what God does this year. This is going to be the most exciting year our church has ever Sing in faith. Amen? Amen. We're going to stand and we're going to sing this song. What is the song? I Speak Jesus. And as we sing this song, we want to pray with every single one of you. What I mean by that, I'm going to invite the prayer team. If you're a prayer, come and stand. Margaret's already here. Marcelo, Andrew, if you're a prayer, Melly, come and pray with people. Hannah, will you pray? Mark, will you pray? And during this song, please, everybody come forward. Andreas, come and pray with people. Come and get, and we want to lay hands on you. And we want to say, come Holy Spirit, Holy Spirit be released upon this person. Change their mindset to a biblical mindset where we believe that God is increasing, growing His church, He's multiplying, and that we would have a desire to be a part of it, that He would give us power to be His witnesses. So as we sing, don't wait. Hey, prayer team, the nine o'clock service, the prayers were too long. Short prayers. We've got to get through everybody. Short prayers. Lay hands. Come Holy Spirit. Come and get prayer. Thanks so much for checking out this message. LifeGate Church has people meeting in person and online in many different locations and we'd love to help you get connected. My name's Andrew and I lead our online team here at LifeGate Church and it's our job to do exactly that. We'd love to help you find community, 
get support and prayer and take your next step. So why don't you connect with us and take your next step at lifegate.org.au and click the next step button.